Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Vince. And I'm Ashley. And we are the lead pastors of the Outlet Community Church. And wherever you are in the world, our heart is to add value to your life. That's right. Whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's a topic in the Bible, whether it's a life skill that you're looking to develop and hone in on, allow us to be an outlet for you. Yes, and our prayer is that wherever you are, whether you're right here in service or you're out in the world in the nation, listen, our prayer is that God meets you right where you are. We all have needs, we all have things, but our God is able and he's able to bless you and get you where you need to be. We have hundreds of hours of digital content that is available for you to consume yes. free of charge. Freely we receive, freely we want to give <laughs> it back to you. So make it a point to check out our page, check out our website at the yeah. Outlet Community. Dot com and you'll be able to find countless hours of videos, podcasts, and other material to help you grow in your walk with God. Hey, if you like some of the content, like, subscribe, share it, and we'd love that. <laughs> See your family and friends. So open up your heart and get ready to receive all that God has for you. My husband and I usually, but I say, I say, sit down. I got this Sunday. I told him, <laughs> I told him I'm hijacking this Sunday today. Thank you all for online for joining us. Hey, family. I pray you all have been enjoying the Spiritology series. Have you all been enjoying this series? Amen. I, I, I'm, we're trying to put an end date on it, but y'all, we just don't know because it just feels like every time we come up here to speak, the Holy Spirit has something else to say. So then we just follow him. And then what we do, we just follow him. And so we are on part seven today of the Spiritology service. And during the introduction, we have been kind of going over a few things, a few points. And the first point was kingdom collaboration between God and man. So that's what we started at. We started at kingdom co collaboration between God and man. Then we went to who is the Holy Spirit and how will we work together? Then the last few weeks, we've been going over the Holy Spirit within for character. But today, we're going to be going over the Holy Spirit upon for service. And I want to turn to our main text scripture, if you will, with me, John 14. That's where we'll start. This is kind of our springboard, John 14. And I'm going to verse 16. I'll start verse 16, rather, in the New Living Translation. And it says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Somebody say, who will never leave me. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Let's drop to verse 26. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. Somebody say everything. Everything. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have 
told you. So today as we dive into the Holy Spirit upon, we're going to be talking about the fully surrendered life. That's today's title, the fully surrendered life. Let's pray. Daddy, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for your precious sheep, your people who are gathered here, Father, to fellowship with you, to be in relationship with you, and more importantly, to learn more about you. Father, I pray that this time is anointed. I pray that this time is powerful. I pray that your, their hearts are open and ready to receive the word of God, which you have for them today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move up and down the roads as only you know how. You have full reign and free reign in this place, and we welcome you here on this morning. Lord, we thank you for all the hearts that have tuned in online. We pray that you have seen your presence right where they are this morning, and we just give you all the glory for that. In this time, I decrease as you increase in me, and we just praise you for everything that's going to come forth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Amen. So I want to jump right in today, if that's okay. I actually love talking about the Holy Spirit. I, it's interesting because in some circles you go into, he's kind of a taboo subject. Not taboo as in they don't believe in him, but taboo as in they don't quite understand him. And so what you tend to not understand, you tend to stay away from. <laughs> and so in some church circles, he's not often talked about, but I'm really glad we are really spending time on who the Holy Spirit is because he is so very valuable to your life. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no power. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no substance to do what it is he's called you to do. You know, you can have an assignment, but if you don't have the tools to do the assignment, you might as well give up the assignment because you cannot accomplish it with, without the perfect tool. And the Holy Spirit, although he is a, a person, he is the perfect tool for this life. He helps us in this life. He knows what you need. And so it would behoove us to learn as much as we can about who he is because whenever, whatever we encounter in this life, he is going to be the one to bring us through. Amen? So we're going to be talking about today how the Spirit of God helps us to witness, how he helps us in our weaknesses, and how he helps us to win. I did not mean to do the whole W's, but that's how it came out. So he, <laughs> he helps us to witness. He helps us in our weakness, and he helps us to win. Recently, I came across the, um, a book by Dr. Stephen Covey, and it's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if you ever read that book. It's really powerful, but in one, of the, in one of the notes, one of the principles that he um, shared was that every successful business entrepreneur and leader, every successful business entre entrepreneur and leader, they, what they tend to do is they tend to begin with the end in mind. They begin with the end in mind. And so beginning with the end in mind is basically to know your goal, to know your objective so that you can know what tools you need to get that goal and objective, right? It's a very smart thing. Anybody who's a, a leader, know where you're going. Let's turn to Matthew 28. Let's see how Jesus did this. And I just believe that Jesus being the ultimate leader that he is, he started with the end in mind. I was wondering... iPad's acting funky up here, y'all. So go ahead and throw that scripture up while I get settled over here. All right. Begin with the end of my Matthew 28, 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority, both in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go 
and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, praise the Lord, I am with you always. That just is so comforting, isn't it? I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus right here, if we can kind of step up, take a step back. He tells us the beginning. And he tells us that this should be the end goal for every believer, that no matter where I am and no matter what I'm doing, I've got my heavenly marching orders, right? I am to go and make disciples of all the nations. Then I'm to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then I'm going to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you to do. Now, that seems like a tall order, doesn't it? It's like, Lord, you want me to do what, what, what now? Can I just have one? You gave me three things to do. But this is, this is what he's called, not only the pastors, the teachers, the spiritual leaders, he's called everybody in the body of Christ to do these three things. But what I love about the Lord is that he will never give you a directive that he himself will not equip nor empower you to do. He will always give you the right tools for the job needed. And we're going to see exactly what this tool is. Turn me over to Acts. We're doing a lot of Bible flipping today. And usually I don't. Usually I have like one or two scriptures. But I'm realizing that if you're teaching something that, you know, um, could be misconstrued, I want to take you to the Word of God. And I want you to see it in the Word for yourself. So let's go to Acts. We're going to start at verse 4, Acts 1, chapter 1. So we're going to start at verse 4. Once when he, talking about Jesus, was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Listen to this, y'all. John, he baptized with water. But in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to stop here, and if you didn't know, as believers, we have experiences we can kind of encounter with the Lord, and here's three things that a believer can experience. We can, we can experience being baptized with water. By show of hands, how many have been baptized with water? You have been submerged. I've been dunked. I'm still here. Amen. <laughs> we have been baptized with water. The second thing, we have been baptized of salvation baptized of salvation. The Holy Spirit speaks about this, or Ephesians speaks about the Holy Spirit sealing us in Ephesians 1 and 13 and also in Ephesians 4 and 30. So we have been baptized into salvation, meaning we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's the second baptism. Here's the third baptism. There's the baptism with the Holy Spirit, meaning submerged or filled to overflowing, as we're about to read here. So there are three baptisms that, that a believer can experience. And if you haven't experienced all three, I encourage you, come on down to the front after service. I do want to pray for you so that we can get you experiencing all three baptisms because they are all gifts from the Lord, and they're all so beautiful. But let's keep reading in verse 6. It says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? <laughs> they were thinking about their kingdom. In verse 7, he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Verse 8, but, what's but mean? 
cancel everything I just said before, focus in on what I'm about to tell you right now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then he goes on and tells you why. To be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Lord is saying, I have given y'all a task, and I realize that's a tall task. He says, but I'm going to give you a helper to do the task. And the first task will be to help you witness to people. Now, I want to kind of encourage and kind of comfort some of your hearts today because you go, well, you know, Ashley, I think I'll witness, I think. <laughs> but, you know, I, I leave that up to the people in the pulpit to do. Yeah, that, that, that's opting out of your, your responsibility. You, you, mm -mm. The Lord told you to go and be a witness to people. And I want to kind of, <laughs> I think the church has done a doozy of a job because I feel like sometimes the church in our witnessing, we have been almost, not attacking, <laughs> but <laughs> you want Jesus, we all, you know, <laughs> we're all in people's face, passing out tracts, doing different things, and people are almost like, okay, y'all y'all pushing, y'all are Jesus pushers, y'all pushing this Jesus on me. But <laughs> I want to comfort you today that witnessing really goes into relationship. Most of us, if we're honest, we have those that were around us that we can easily tell about Jesus. And it's not a Jesus pusher thing. It's more of a, this is what he's done for me. You know, the word of God tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, doesn't it? Sometimes it don't take a whole lot of you knowing the scripture. Sometimes it takes about what did Jesus do for you? What did he change in your life? How did he set you free? How did you make it out of that situation? What has he done that you said, I know that was nobody but the Lord, and I got to tell somebody. See, in those moments, that is your witness. It's not about having a track. It's not about knowing all the scriptures. I don't care if you don't know one fully. You know the gist. Hey, what did Jesus do for you? That's how you overcome. Because somebody will say, man, I know your life. And, the, and really those who know you be like, man, I know your life. Or girl, I know your life. And if Jesus can do that for you, well, I sure know he can do that for me. So we got to build up relational equity. This is trying to, this is, I'm talking to any, any person wanting to go into the five-fold ministry. You got to build up relational equity. You can't just come in there talking about Jesus this, Jesus that, and give them all the scriptures. That's going to turn me off right away. Right away. But when you come in relationshiping with me, caring about me, what's the, what's the little phrase? People don't know how, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We got to be more caring of the people that God has called us to. And so you know who I'm supposed to witness to by who is around me. Who is around me? Who do I have relationship with? Those are your first people that you are to witness to. Does that make sense? Amen. He's not calling you out to somebody in Timbuktu. He's calling you right where you are. Amen. And so he tells them, listen, I, I'm, I'm giving you this power because I know that you're going to need it. I know that you're going to need him to help you witness not only in what you say but how you say it. There's a timing to it as well. And he says, but I'm going to give you power to do this. And, and then, of course, I'm sure they were like, well, this is their first time hearing about the Holy Spirit. Well, what is this power? Who is this Holy Spirit? What's he supposed to do for me? And so we're going to go over to Acts 2, and we're going to answer this question. What is this power, and how would I know I receive this power? Let's go over to Acts 2. Acts 2. We're going to start verse 1. 
And it says, on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost just means 50 days, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Everybody say, all the believers. All the believers. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled. Everybody say, everyone present was filled. Say it again. Everyone present was filled. Well, why do I, why do I emphasize that so? You know, I come from, my, my background was um, Baptocostal, which, <laughs> you know, and my, my grandmother was Baptist, but my, my great-grandmother was Pentecostal. I think I flipped that. My great-grandmother was Baptist. My grandmother was Pentecostal. Anyway, so I got both experiences, but what I learned in each of the experiences was that only the super-dupers had this kind of power. What, what do I mean by super-dupers? Well, if they were on the pulpit, if they were a collar, if they were somebody special, they got the power gifts, right? That wasn't for a little old me who was just sitting in the audience listening every Sunday. But what I love about this scripture is it says it wasn't just the disciples. It could have just said it was the disciples. It didn't. It said all the believers and everyone who was there, and there was some women there too, amen? Everyone who was there was filled. And so this immediately knocks off the, 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 the concept that Jesus and his power and his gifts are only for those who are in the five-fold ministry. No, Jesus and his power and in his gifts is for you because you are a part of the body of Christ. And he needs you where every joint is supplying. Why? To give him glory and to make his kingdom here on earth. You are a needed vessel. Everybody says, I am needed. Type in the thing, I am needed. Everybody say it again, I am needed. God needs you because you are a part of the body. And it said, and everyone present was filled. And guess what they began to do? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Let's go to verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation. Verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. What's really cool about this story is that, you know, um, to be a witness to somebody, he calls us to the nations, doesn't he? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't know Portuguese. I sure don't know Italian. I don't know Spanish. I don't know all of the Swahili and all these different languages that are out here. But what I do know is my God. And if my God sends me somewhere, even if you don't know the language, this scripture says, but you will begin to speak in a language that is known by the, the natives of that land. He breaks the barrier of you being able to be a witness to somebody. Hallelujah. He says, oh, that's okay. You don't, you don't know language. Let me speak through you. I'll do it. He breaks the barrier for you to be able to witness to people. I was, my husband went on a missions trip to Africa. Was it to Africa? 
Yeah. And uh, he was so excited. He was young. He ain't know no better. Because he, <laughs> he didn't realize, you know, missions trips, you're on fire for the Lord, right? You're, you're doing, and, but you go into some real places, right? Like they, there are some real places that, you know, are, are not, uh, they don't have the luxuries that we have. And so here he was going into these huts and things. And um, on the missions trip, he had one of the ministers on staff. She was just in her room praying, you know, just was praying and was praying in the spirit. And she didn't know what she was saying. She was just praying, praying, praying. Like, Lord, you know, I'm about to go out and minister. I'm going to just pray in the spirit. Do you know in the, I don't know if it was a room next to her, there was a man overhearing her pray. She didn't know what she was saying, but the man on the other room heard her she said his name. That's what he that's what made him pipe up. Like, whoa, who's calling me? And she began to say things in the spirit. She didn't know what she was saying. She was just praying. But that man said he understood everything she said. A little while later, he comes to her and he says, how did you know? You know, and she's like, the translator trying to speak through her. She said, I didn't. <laughs> she said that was the Lord. But the Lord will use you like that. To where you're out and you're about, but you and you begin praying in the spirit over something. You don't know what you're saying, but the Lord can use that to be a witness to somebody. Now, I don't know what that man needed to hear, but whatever it is, the Lord used her in the season. And that's why I want to encourage you. If you have an urging to pray, never douse the urging. Never douse the urging. Because you don't know what God's trying to get either to somebody or even to get to you. Prayers are active. They're never passive. And praying in the Spirit is an active part. And for those of you who say, well, you know, I've heard about this praying in the Spirit thing. I've never really did it myself. All it is, it is literally a prophetic utterance that comes to your spirit that God gives to you. And you can pray it. And it's truly a gift because you don't know what you're saying. In 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about you don't know. Your mind is unfruitful, meaning your mind's not going to understand what your spirit is saying. But when the Lord downloads something to you to pray, you are to pray it out. You are to pray it out. It's a prophetic utterance that comes from the Lord. And maybe we can go over it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I might get to it later on, but I want to kind of get through these points first and then we'll go. But when you have an urging to pray, don't ever stifle the urging. I remember... Vince and I had gotten married. We were so excited. We were young. We got in the car. We, no, it was right after the wedding. We got in the car. We headed to the, our honeymoon. And I don't know what we were. We probably weren't playing nothing Christian, I'm sure. We were, <laughs> Vince was excited about the wedding night, you know. So I'm sure it wasn't nothing Christian in the car. I'm sure it wasn't. And so we, we in the car. We on the, we on the way to Florida. We're going to Orlando. And um, the... Uh, I was in the car, and all of a sudden, I just, I just got a burden to pray, like a, like a, I don't know. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, it's just like a heaviness to go in and pray. And so here I was, I'm in the car, and I'm like, babe, I know we're talking about sex and stuff, but I, just need, I need to pray. <laughs> like, like you know, it was so not the time, right? I'm like, Lord, we're trying to get our, our stuff on. And what are you talking about, praying? You know, and so, and so I'm in the car, and then I just, I just start to pray. And, and, you know, thank God I had a wonderful husband who understood, like, well, you know, you got to pray, pray. But after you pray now. 
<laughs> and the husband said, amen. All right. So y'all with me now. Yes. Yeah, so I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the car and I'm, and I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm, and I'm, you know, and it was just like the, the it was an urging. Finally, it lifted. Thank God it wasn't, it didn't take too long. Maybe about 30 minutes in the car, me just praying. And it lifted. And about, we, we finally got to Florida. We, we, we were making, I just didn't know what I was praying about. I just prayed in the spirit. I had no idea what I was praying about. I just had to pray. Got in the car, checked in the hotel. We get to the hotel. Vince gets a phone call that one of our, we were at that time, children's church pastors. We loved our little babies. But we found out that one of our children had passed away at the very time that I was praying. So sometimes, y'all, because our mind is very limited in our understanding, we don't know what's going on in the world. We don't know, because we were in Florida. We're heading, we're going to have fun. But real things are happening to a real family that we knew. And the Lord knew that. That's why in, the, in, in Corinthians it talks about we have the mind of Christ. And our mind is limited, but the Lord knew what was going on. And so he, he, it's almost like... Uh, he was like, who can I get to pray this out for me? Who can I get? And because I was available, and guess what? I, I wasn't nobody special. All of us can be available to God, every single one of us. And so when he, when he put that on my heart and I did it, that's why I say never urge, because you don't know who you're praying for. Sometimes I... I know sometimes like the, I will pray in the spirit and the Lord will tell me what I prayed for. Other times I have no idea. In that instance, we knew what it was because we got the call. I said, that's why I was praying. Sometimes you get that. Sometimes you don't. But either way, you never urge that feeling to pray. Either way, whether I know what I'm praying for and I, and I don't, I just pray. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Those are just some interesting things there. <laughs> Amen. So the Holy Spirit will help us to witness. He'll help us to witness. The second thing, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He helps us. Somebody say, amen. Like, I know I got weaknesses. Amen. <laughs> Let's turn over to Romans 8. Let's turn over to Romans 8. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We're going to go, I, I guess we can start at, at verse 24. I said, I guess, because, you know. He kind of does a run-on in this one, but I'm going to try to cut in here at 24. It says, we were given this hope when, 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 we, when we were saved. For if we already have something, we don't need hope for it. <laughs> but if we look forward to something we don't yet have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. I want to hone in on here, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. I was just telling a story about this, wasn't I? We don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts and knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So here's the deal. Because this is a heavenly language that the Lord gives us when you pray in the Spirit, you will be praying perfectly the will of God every single time. 
every single time. You know, I've had some prayers in my past. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful some of my prayers didn't come to pass. Anybody got some prayers that they said, thank you, Jesus, that didn't happen? Some ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, lead them bozos. Praise the Lord. <laughs> On to the next, right? Or some jobs that you thought you wanted, some situations that you thought you wanted, and you go, ooh, why did I pray for that? But, you know, your mind was limited in that. And so sometimes in our English prayers, we can get it wrong. We'll pray for it. We're like, oh, I really want this job. Lord, I really want this job. I really want this promotion because we think it looks good. It's shiny. It's more money. It's glittery. <laughs> we got the fame, the status. We want it, right? And that's not God's will for you. But by praying in the Spirit, you will pray perfectly the will of God every single time. You will never miss it praying in the Spirit because it's God's Spirit praying through you. And so when he prays, he knows exactly what he wants. So it will always align to God's will for your life, right? Praying in the Spirit. And I kind of want to take a step back to figure out, you know, to see. It talks about some virgins have um, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. And so, you know, that word intercession is a very interesting thing. I want to kind of break it down a little bit. I think it says New Kingdom. New King James Version says, Spirit makes intercession. So what does it mean to make intercession? It, it means to speak on behalf of another. And it and emphasizes, to emphasize the Spirit of God himself speaking through you. That's the power of praying in the Spirit, when the Spirit of God himself can speak through you. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to just, for, for ability's sake, actually, let me go. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not to do it, but I can't. Let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm, I'm, I'm doing an audible bay. That's okay with you. Let's see. Look, I'm. 1 Corinthians 14. I really want to spend more time on this later because I feel like there's so much more. I, I, it would be hard for me to contain it all in this short little time I got, which I'm trying to stay on my clock, so. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about tongues and talks about prophecy. This is a, this is a chapter that's really devoted, really, the whole thing's devoted to helping you learn more about what it means to speak with other tongues. This whole chapter is devoted to this. And I love what verse 1 says. It says, let love be your highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. I find it funny that 1 Corinthians 13 12, 13, and 14, those are like my, the three. 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Then 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. Then 1 Corinthians 14 talks about tongues. It's interesting that two of the most powerful things are sandwiched in between love, isn't it? Love. God wants love to be your highest goal. It says you should also desire, in verse 1, you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the, the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. So he, I'm trying to slow down, to speed up, to slow down. So whenever you have this gift, now if I get up here and I, I speak in tongues for you in the next 30 minutes, y'all won't understand nothing I just said. <laughs> I'll be like, what is this Spanglish she up here talking about? It's going to sound like, what, what is she saying? If I got up here, did that help anybody in here? No, it didn't. 
my spirit was praying to God. That's what tongues is for, is that, Lord, you have something for me to say. You're going to pray through my spirit, and I'm going to speak to you about it so that you can intervene. But if I speak in tongues and I have an interpretation, oh, now we can work with that, can't I? So I just said all that, and somebody comes up here, and they can say, and thus says the Lord, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You go, I can, I can understand that. That will benefit me. That will edify me. That will encourage me. So be leery of, you know, people who always come up here trying to, trying to sound super spiritual, and they just pray on the microphone and tongues all the time. Listen, that ain't helping none of us. Ain't helping none of us, none of us, none of us. But if they can interpret what the tongue says, all right that can edify the body of Christ. And so that's what 1 Corinthians 14 is talking about. If you're going to pray in tongues in the masses, make sure there's an interpretation. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. I feel like we're in classes in session. All right. Um, <laughs> amen. So he helps us in our weakness. And I, I want to talk about weaknesses a little bit because this word here means just frailties, and I, I, don't, I don't know about y'all, but I got a bunch of frailties. Anybody got a bunch of frailties, a bunch of stuff we need? Like, Lord, if you don't come through, it won't. <laughs> if, if you don't, I won't kind of thing. And our frailties are, are such a real thing. Part of that frailties is our mental, what we don't know, but part of it is just what we walk through on a daily basis, too. I had a quote that I ran past, and I loved it. It's, and I don't even know if the Lord gave it. I think the Lord might have gave it to me. I don't, think, I don't remember reading it. And he gave it to me, and, and he, says, he said that a lot of your public successes will come from the private quarters of your prayer room. A lot of your public success, what everybody can see. You know, we all want the glow up. <laughs> but that glow up just doesn't happen. It comes in the private quarters of your prayer room. How much time are you spending with God in prayer? How much is he able to funnel your prayers and not just, God, I want to, I want to, I want to, almost like a genie. Give me this list, grant me three wishes, and I'll, I'll serve you. That's not how God works. But God loves us. He knows what we need. Even if it doesn't feel good, he knows what we need. And it's our job not to necessarily understand what he's trying to do, but just submit, y'all. Can we, can we all agree that just we can submit? Can we submit? Just submit. I don't understand. Good. None of us do. Join the party. <laughs> Carrie laughing. Join the party. Just submit. He doesn't ask that you understand. He asks that you obey. He asks that you obey. So prayer is very imperative, and it's important. And when he speaks through you, I will say this. We, we always think God can just do stuff. Can I, can I, can I just, <laughs> yes, God is sovereign. He is. But again, faith is active. Faith is never passive. There are some blessings that you will get by the mercy of God. There are some blessings that you will get just by his pure mercy alone. There are some blessings that you will not get unless you actively seek. Not that they're not yours, but if you don't, if, if, if God puts it on the table and you never take it, is that God's fault? No. God's put blessings on the table for you by prayer is how you take the blessing. 
So to forfeit our prayer time is to forfeit a lot of our power. So prayer is not about just, oh, Lord, let me come to you for five minutes. Let me see what you can do. No, prayer is about what am I leaving on the table? What are you leaving on the table? God has blessings. Oh, wonder. when we get to heaven, some of us are going to be like, oh, this was mine. <laughs> I could have had all this. And Jesus is going to be like, well, you never asked for it. Ask, and it shall be given. There are some things you have to ask for. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm, com I'm coming down to the home stretch. All right. My last point here is the Holy Spirit helps us to win. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Are we learning something today? Amen. <laughs> like I said, I don't really have time to go through all of this, and I, I wish I did, especially the, the tongues and, and prophecy and all of that. Man, it's so powerful, and it's they are gifts given to the body for such a time as this. And we need these gifts. But Ephesians 6, verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. So it kind of tells us a little bit how we are to win in life. And it goes through, if you ever read Ephesians 6, it goes through the whole armor of God. We all heard that, right? Whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to go through a little bit of it. Um, not, I'm not going to teach it. I'm just going to tell you what it is. <laughs> so there's the belt of truth, right? We've heard that. The, the, the body armor of God's righteousness, the shoes of peace, uh, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. It does all that. But then if you drop down to Ephesians 6, verse 18, we're going to spend time here. Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, after you've done all this, after you've put on the peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, all the sword, sword of the spirit, after you got, got through all that, it says, and pray in the spirit at all times. I'm looking at verse 18 here. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. And he says, well, Paul, why do you need me to pray for you? Listen, he says, because I want you to ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. What is he asking? I need you to pray for me so that I can witness better. God, my first point, he helps us to witness. Paul understood this. Paul said, I need the believers praying so that when I go out and I'm building relationships and I'm building churches and I'm building up people, I'm impacting the kingdom of God. He says, I need to know the right time and the right words to say to the people that I'm with. He says, so pray for me as I witness so that the mysterious plan of the good news, that the mysterious plan of the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. Talking about praying in the spirit, I don't have too much time. 
But it is important because I, I feel like some of the church has neglected this part of teaching, maybe because it sounds spooky spiritual. And, and y- y'all know, I've seen them TikToks where people be falling out on the floor and doing all kind of crazy stuff. So you go, I don't want no parts of that. But that's not who God is. But these are true gifts given to the body of Christ for now. For now. For you and for now. I'm so grateful for people praying in the spirit on behalf of me and my family. For people praying and standing in the gap and interceding. You know, we don't always know what folks are going through. And folks ain't going to always tell you what they're going through either. But with the Lord, he'll put somebody on your heart to say, hey, pray in the spirit for that person. And you don't know what's going on with them. Oh, I've had situations I know Vince was talking one time. He was going over, he was going out of town on a business trip, and the Lord just stopped him, him and his travel person, his travel guy. And they say, and the Lord just told him, I need you to go see about somebody. Come to find out that somebody was dealing with a lot of life or death things. He didn't tell anybody. But in that moment, the Lord put it on Vince's heart in his buddy's heart to go and check on him. You don't know what folks are going through, y'all. But pray. Oh, pray. Pray on their behalf. Pray on your behalf. There are some things you step in, you're going to need the Lord's strength and power to, to walk through and deal with. One of the parts of the Holy Spirit is to be comforter. You know what that comfort really means? It's not to be like, oh, baby. No, comfort means strength strength. That's what comfort really breaks down to, strength. When you you hear about Samson, you know, he was so strong. That was the comforter over Samson. That was strength, strong strength to go through what he needed to go through. This life is sometimes not easy, (laughs) and it's not always kind and nice, but thank God we have a God who knows all, who sees all, who's already walked before you. All he needs you to do is obey and be a vessel. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet.